a few words about copyright in books by augustine birrell this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org copyright which is the exclusive liberty reserved to an author and his assigns of printing or otherwise multiplying copies of his book during certain fixed periods of time is a right of modern origin there is nothing about copyright in justinian's compilations it is a mistake to suppose that books did not circulate freely in the era of manuscripts st augustine was one of the most popular authors that ever lived his city of god ran over europe after a fashion impossible to-day thousands of busy hands were employed year out and year in making copies for sale of this famous treatise yet augustine had never heard of copyright and never received a royalty on sales in his life the word copyright is of purely english origin and came into existence as follows the stationers company was founded by royal charter in fifteen fifty six and from the beginning has kept register books wherein first by decrees of the star chamber afterwards by orders of the houses of parliament and finally by act of parliament the titles of all publications and reprints have had to be entered prior to publication none but booksellers as publishers were then content to be called were members of the stationers company and by the usage of the company no entries could be made in their register books except in the names of members and thereupon the book referred to in the entry became the copy of the member or members who had caused it to be registered by virtue of this registration the book became in the opinion of the stationers company the property in perpetuity of the member or members who had effected the registration this was the right of the stationer to his copy copyright at first is therefore not an author's but a bookseller's copyright the author had no part or lot in it unless he chanced to be both an author and a bookseller an unusual combination in early days the author took his manuscript to a member of the stationer's company and made the best bargain he could for himself the stationer if terms were arrived at carried off the manuscript to his company and registered the title in the books and thereupon became in his opinion and in that of his company the owner at common law 
in perpetuity of his copy the stationers having complete control over their register books made what entries they chose and all kinds of books even homer and the classics became the property of its members the booksellers nearly all londoners respected each other's copies and jealously guarded access to their registers from time to time there were sales by auction of a bookseller's copies but the public that is the country booksellers for there were no other likely buyers were excluded from the sale-room a great monopoly was thus created and maintained by the trade there was never any examination of title to a bookseller's copy every book of repute was supposed to have a bookseller for its owner bunyan's pilgrim's progress was mr ponder's copy milton's paradise lost mr tonson's copy the whole duty of man mr eyre's copy and so on the thing was a corrupt and illegal trade combination the expiration of the licensing act and the consequent cessation of the penalties it inflicted upon unlicensed printing exposed the proprietors of copies to an invasion of their rights real or supposed and in seventeen hundred and three and again in seventeen ought six and seventeen ought nine they applied to parliament for a bill to protect them against the ruin with which they alleged themselves to be threatened footnote what the booksellers wanted was not to be left to their common law remedy i e an action of trespass on the case but to be supplied with penalties for infringement and especially with the right to seize and burn unauthorized editions End of footnote in seventeen hundred and ten they got what they asked for in the shape of the famous statute of queen anne the first copyright law in the world a truly english measure ill considered and ill drawn which did the very last thing it was meant to do viz destroy the property it was intended to protect by this act in which the author first makes his appearance actually in front of the proprietor it was provided that in case of new books the author and his assigns should have the sole right of printing them for fourteen years and if at the end of that time the author was still alive a second term of fourteen years was conceded in the case of existing books there was to be but one term viz twenty-one years 
from august tenth seventeen hundred and ten registration at the stationers company was still required but nothing was said as to who might make the entries or into whose names they were to be made then followed the desired penalties for infringement the booksellers thought the terms of years meant no more than that the penalties were to be limited by way of experiment to those periods many years flew by before the stationers company discovered the mischief wrought by the statute they had themselves promoted to cut a long matter short it was not until seventeen seventy four that the house of lords decided that whether there ever had been a perpetuity in literary property at common law or not it was destroyed by the act of queen anne and that from and after the passing of that law neither author assignee nor proprietor of copy had any exclusive right of multiplication save for and during the periods of time the statute created it was a splendid fight a thirty years war great lawyers were feed in it luminous and lengthy judgments were delivered mansfield was a bookseller's man thurlow ridiculed the pretensions of the trade it can be read about in boswell's johnson and in campbell's lives of the lord chancellors the authors stood supinely by not contributing a farthing towards the expenses it was a bookseller's battle and the booksellers were beaten as they deserved to be all this is past history in which the modern money-loving motoring author takes scant pleasure things are on a different footing now the act of eighteen forty two has extended the statutory periods of protection the perpetuity craze is over a right in perpetuity to reprint frank fustian's novel or tom tatter's poem would not add a penny to the present value of the copyright of either of those productions in business short views must prevail an author cannot expect to raise money on his hope of immortality milton's publisher good mr simons probably thought if he thought about it at all that he was buying paradise lost forever when he registered it as his copy in the books of his company but into the calculations he made to discover how much he could afford to give the author posterity did not and could not enter how was simons to know that milton's fame was to outlive cleveland's or flatman's
how many of the books published in nineteen hundred and five would have any copyright cash value in a d two thousand i do not pause for a reply the modern author need have no quarrel with the statutory periods fixed by the act of eighteen forty two footnote author's life plus seven years or forty-two years from date of publication whichever term is the longer the great objection to the second term is that an author's books go out of copyright at different dates and the earlier editions go out first End of footnote though common sense has long since suggested that a single term the author's life and thirty or forty years after should be substituted for the alternative periods named in the act what the modern author alone desiderates is a big immediate and protected market the united states of america have been a great disappointment to many an honest british author in the wicked old days when the states took british books without paying for them they used to take them in large numbers but now that they have turned honest and passed a law allowing the british author copyright on certain terms they have in great measure ceased to take for by the strangest of coincidences no sooner were british novels histories essays and the like protected in america than there sprang up in the states themselves novelists historians and essayists not only numerous enough to supply their own home markets but talented enough to cross the atlantic in large numbers and challenge us in our own such a reward for honesty was not contemplated international copyright and the convention of berne are things to be proud of and rejoice over as the first chapter in a code of public european law they may mark the beginning of a time of settled peace order and disarmament but they have not yet enriched a single author though hereafter possibly an occasional novelist or playwright may prosper greatly under their provisions the copyright question is now at last really a settled question save in a single aspect of it what if anything should be done in the case of those authors few in number whose literary lives prove longer than the period of statutory protection should any distinction in law be struck between a tennyson and a tupper between but why multiply examples there is no need to be unnecessarily offensive 
the law and practice of to-day give the meat that remains on the bones of the dead author after the expiration of the statutory period of protection to the trade any publisher who likes to bring out an edition can do so though by doing so he does not gain any exclusive rights a brother publisher may compete with him as a result the public is usually well served with cheap editions of those non-copyright authors whose works are worth reprinting the moment the copyright expires some lovers of justice however think that it is unnecessary all at once to endow the trade with these windfalls and that if an author's family or his or their assignees were prepared to publish cheap editions immediately after the expiration of the usual period of protection they ought to be allowed to do so for a further period of say forty years if they failed within a reasonable time either to do so themselves or to arrange for others to do so this extended period should lapse were this to be the law nobody could say that it was unfair but it is never likely to be the law it would take time for discussion and now there is no time left in which to discuss anything in parliament a much-needed copyright bill has been in draft for years has been mentioned in queen's and king's speeches but it has never been read even a first time if it ever is read a first time its only chance of becoming law will be if it is taken in a lump as it stands without consideration or amendment to such a pass has legislation been reduced in this country this draft bill does not contain any provision for specially protecting the families of authors whose works long outlive their mortal lives it makes no invidious distinctions it leaves all the authors to hang together the quick and the dead perhaps this is the better way End of a few words about copyright in books by Augustine Birrell, read by Martin Geeson.